This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 1st, 2017. New beginnings, first things first. Well, good morning and Happy New Year, Connection Church. Happy New Year. So today we embark on an exciting journey here at Connection as we are encouraging everyone to read through the Bible in a year. Uh, The outline of their readings you'll find there in your program, the uh, January outline, and you'll get one each month. You know, there'll be a February when February's coming around. And uh, the plan's also available on your smartphone. You know, there's a lot of Bible apps on your smartphone, but the one U version, Y-O-U version, if you you get that on your smartphone, then one of their reading plans is called the Life Journal Reading Plan, their Life Journal Reading Plan. If you get that, that's the one we're following. You can take care of it right on your smartphone. So to help get things started, um, here in January, our preaching each Sunday this month will come from the readings for the upcoming week. We're going to focus today on the early chapters of the book of Genesis. Well, good morning, Connection Church, and Happy New Year. My name is Carrie Jones. And my name's Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made, a day where we have an opportunity to learn more about you, to explore your Bible, your Word, and how to apply it to our lives. And so we thank you for this opportunity to gather here on this New Year's Day. Help us remove any distractions that we might have a laser focus on you. I pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Genesis, the origin or mode of formation of something. How something came to be. The beginning of something, how something started, Genesis. That's the name of the first book of the Bible. The book that tells us how things came to be, how the earth came to be, how the stars came to be, how human beings came to be, how sin came to be, and the list goes on. Genesis is an awesome book that gives us incredible insight into the nature of God, the nature of us, and the nature of people in general, and the relationship between God and us. So, today is uh, first things first. Let's jump right in. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning... It's a little three-word thought-provoking phrase, isn't it? The the beginning of what? Well, well, we come to find out the beginning of all creation. From from this verse, we can surmise that God was here before the beginning, as God is the creator, the creator of the heavens and the earth in the beginning. So, So God has always been. God was, God is, God will be. God is before time, before heaven and earth, before you and me. Well, God just is. God is the great I am, as we will see later on in the second book of the Bible, the book of uh, Exodus. And so God, God 
brings about the beginning, creating the heavens and the earth. And from what? Well, from nothing. Before the beginning, nothing existed except God. And so it's, it's from God that all things in heaven and earth come into being. Without God, nothing comes into being. Let me say that again. Without God, nothing comes into being. We love the way Eugene Peterson interprets the first verses of Genesis. He describes the nothingness that existed prior to God's creation of heavens and the earth. Now, I'm reading for, from um, this Bible. That's the New International Version and the Message Version. It's called the Parallel Bible. So there's two columns, and you can read two versions of the same scripture. It's side by side. It's a great way to study the Bible. So here's Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2 from the message. First, this. God created the heavens and earth. All you see, all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. Can you even begin to imagine what it would be like to experience this soup of nothingness, this bottomless emptiness, this inky blackness? I, I love the way Eugene Peterson describes that, although I don't really enjoy the feeling it gives me. Ugh. You know, people talk about the flames of hell, but when I think of hell, this is the picture I have. Uh, nothingness, emptiness, darkness, e eternal separation from the light of God. You know, sometimes at night, like if I have to go downstairs and it's all dark downstairs, first of all, I'm really surprised at the, how much we can see with minimal light with our eyes. What a miracle that is. But in the darkness going downstairs and my eyes just barely able to see my surroundings, I get a little taste of this, uh, of this nothingness, this emptiness, this darkness, of what this separation from God must be like. And let me tell you, it's not a good feeling. It's creepy. It's... It's lonely. It's heart-wrenching. And, th and then I just stop there sometimes, and I just try to imagine, what would this be like knowing that this would be for eternity? And let me tell you, for me, it would, it would be hell. It just feels like hell being that separated from God, from the light of Christ. I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, nor would God. God's desire is that no one would endure that. That's why God calls us, as we said on Christmas Eve, to be the light of the world. Actually, to allow the light of Christ to shine through us to the world, offering the salvation of the one whose birth in Bethlehem we just celebrated this past week. Let's take a look at where light started. Genesis 1, verses 3 to 5, the message. God spoke, light, and light appeared. God saw that light was good and separated light from dark. God named the light day, and he named the dark night. It was evening, it was morning, day one. <laughs> and there it is. 
With a single word, God brings light into the world. With a single word, God separates light from darkness, good from evil, heaven from hell. That's the power God has. God can change everything, everything with a single word. Goodbye darkness, hello light. All on a day's work for the Lord. Evening, morning, day one. And God continues to create with a mere word or two, day by day by day. God creates sky, the heavens, separating the water above from the water below on day two. And God sees that it is good. Day three, he separates the water from the land, creating the earth and the seas. He brings forth vegetation seed-bearing plants, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it. And again, it is good. Again, God speaks and brings forth lights in the sky, a greater and a lesser light, one for day and one for night, and stars that indicate signs and seasons, days and years. And again, God sees it is good. Evening, morning, day four. And then God, again with mere words, brings forth swarms of living creatures, birds and huge sea creatures and all other fish, blessing them by telling them to be fruitful and multiply. Evening, morning, day five. And then God brings forth all living creatures, cattle and creeping things. Ugh. When some of you wish they hadn't done, could have done away with the creepy things. Creeping things and wild animals of every kind. And God saw it was, yeah, good. And then God said, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. And every animal that moves on the face of earth. God created human beings. He, he created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He, he created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of earth. Did you notice the very first line of this? It says, let us make human beings in our image. Our image. It's plural. Right there in the beginning, we see God in community. Let us, our image, our nature. That's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, triune God, three in one, God creates human beings in God's image. Now, there's a lot of debate on this, but we believe that this means we are created with a divine capacity, a spark for unconditional agape love. Agape is that love that has no strings attached. We're capable of that because of Christ in and through us. We have this divine capacity for grace, giving others what they don't deserve, and mercy, not giving others what they do deserve. That's what God has done with us. 
And it means that we're created with the divine capacity to create. Not something out of nothing, because we do have a starting point, but God created us to be creative. It means that we're also created with a hole in our soul that can only be filled when we have a personal relationship with God. Oh, we try to fill it with so many other things. But nothing else fits except a real personal relationship with God. And God gave us and all other animals the seed-bearing plants and the trees with fruit with seed in it for food. And God put us in the position to oversee, to care for, to take care of this wonderful creation that God created. And God sees that what he has created is, in this case, he says, not just good, but he says, very good. Evening, morning, day six. Creation is complete. And on day seven, God rests from all his work. Now, I often wonder, did God really need to rest? God? Or is God modeling for us? He blesses that day, sets that day apart, makes it holy. That's what holy means, set apart for God. And so God calls us then to rest, to set this day apart, to to keep this day, this day we're in right now, holy for him. What an incredible vision we're given here as God, day by day, Word by word brings everything into being. Now, this scripture in Genesis, it's not intended to be a scientific treatise, not intended to be a biology lesson, a geology lesson, a zoology lesson, an astronomy lesson. No, Genesis 1 is a theology lesson. Theo means God, the study of God, theology. Genesis gives us an insight into the nature of God and God's creation. What it tells us in rather simple terms is that we believe in an omni-God, omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipresent, and omni, omnip, how do you say that? Omniscient. Om, omniscient, excuse me, omniscient. What that means is all-powerful, all-present, and all-knowing. What it tells us is that whether we can figure out all the intricacies or not, and don't even try, that God has the power to create in a word or two or three or four. What it tells us is that nothing existed before God, and out of nothing, God brought everything into being. What it tells us is that this God we worship, this God we pray to, this God we rely on, this God is cosmic, bigger than the universe he created, greater than those powerful ball of fire stars he placed in the sky, greater than you and me, and any problems we might have, any challenges we might encounter, any losses we might incur. Genesis 1 lets us know that this God we worship is a big God 
a very big God. And then we turn to Genesis 2. And in Genesis 2, we find a God who is is very different than the one we found in Genesis 1, or so it seems. In in this chapter, the, the central focus is not a cosmic God separating the earth from the seas and putting stars in place and bringing into being all plants and animals. And in Genesis 2, we find a very personal God. Check this out. Genesis 2, 4 through 7. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. And then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Genesis 2 goes on to tell us that God places this man in the Garden of Eden to take care of it and work it. The man is given free reign to eat anything in the garden except the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God allows the man to name all the animals and the birds. Can you imagine that? That God formed out of the ground. And God saw that it was not good for man to be alone and created a suitable helper for him. And so God took a rib from the man and created woman not a bone from the foot that he might walk on her, not a bone from the head that she might stand over him, but from the rib that they might walk together side by side, partners in life. As we read Genesis 2, we again find that this is not intended to be a scientific treatise, not intended to be a biology lesson, a geology lesson, a zoology lesson, an astronomy lesson. Like Genesis 1, Genesis 2 is a theology lesson. It gives us insight into the nature of God and God's creation. Genesis 2 also gives us insight into God's personal relationship with that creation, especially us. Whereas in Genesis 1, we see a God who creates everything in the cosmos with a mere word or two. In Genesis 2, we see a God who creates by scooping up a handful of dirt and blowing the breath of life into it. A God who talks to us, who walks with us. Interesting, this this Hebrew word, ruach. It means wind, it means breath. It means spirit. And so when God breathes breath of life into us, he he breathes his very spirit into us. And and the Hebrew word that we uh, interpret the name of that first man, Adam, the Hebrew Adam, meaning man or mankind or humankind, Adam is very similar to the Hebrew word Adamah, which means ground or dirt or earth. And so from the earth we come, and to the earth we will return. 
And so, in Genesis 1 and 2, we have what first appears to be two very different stories of creation. What we have in reality is the opportunity to look at two very different aspects of God. On one hand, we can appreciate and celebrate the cosmic God who is big enough to put every star in the sky in its place, who is big enough to create every single species of plant and animal on the earth, in the sky and in the sea, and who is big enough to oversee all of this and keep it running in an orderly fashion. And on the other hand, we can appreciate and celebrate the personal God who blows the very breath of life into you and me. The God who knows, <laughs> as Jesus tells us later on, knows every hair on our head. Now, some of us are making that easier for him by the day, but he still knows all those hairs. It's the God who, who in the next chapter, chapter 3 of Genesis, watches as Adam and Eve turn their backs on him, doing exactly what he told them not to do, bringing sin into the world. And, and this God loves them enough to sacrifice one of his animals, one of his creation, in order to cover their nakedness, their vulnerability, to cover their sin with an animal skin. The first of many, many future sacrifices that would cover, would pay for the sins of humankind. In Genesis, we see the God who cares enough to later come to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, coming into the world just like you and me, walking with us, talking with us. Emmanuel, that means God with us, God in the flesh, allowing himself to be hung on the cross. He came willingly, knowing that that was going to happen the ultimate sacrifice to pay the price for our sin, for yours and mine. And so we have a question for you like we do most, most every week. And the question we have today is, do you know this God? Do you know this God? I don't mean do you know his name or have you heard stories about do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? Do you know this God of the cosmos, this God who put every star in the sky, this God who created everything that we see, everything we don't see, this God that created you and me and all the animals and plant life and everything else, stars in the sky and the planets and everything, this God that's big enough to do all that is certainly big enough to take any care of any problems you might have, I might have, take care of those challenges that we have take care of those hurts that we have. Do you know this God? Do you know him well enough to talk to him? More importantly, do you know him well enough to listen? As I said so many times, you know, we're given two ears and one mouth, and <laughs> do we listen twice as much as we talk? We should. Do you do that? How well do you know this God? And then do you know the the God of Genesis 2, the God who knelt down, scooped up dirt, and blew the very breath of life into it. The God who blew breath, 
of life into you and into me. Do you know this God? This God who wants a personal relationship with you. This God who wants to know you and wants you to know him intimately. This God who was willing to sacrifice his one and only son, Jesus Christ, on the cross to pay your sin and my sin so that we would not be in that darkness of hell that we talked about before, but that we might be with him through eternity. Do you know this God? Do you have a personal relationship with this God? And some of you might be saying, yeah, yeah, I know that God. I've, I've been walking with him for a while. Well, let me encourage you. On this first day of 2017, we can always walk closer. And if you don't know this God, if, if what I'm talking to you about right now is this kind of foreign matter, this first day of 2017 be a great opportunity to say, Lord, here I am. I'd like to get to know you. Today would be a great day to get on your knees. It's a vulnerable position, and God loves it when we're vulnerable. Get on our knees, open our arms, and just say, here I am, Lord. I want to get to know you better, or I want to get to know you at all. Steps are wide open when we take communion. Come on up from your seat. You can go back in the corner. There's somebody back there who would love to pray with you, especially if this first time where you're going to say, Lord, here I am. I don't know you, but I'd like to. How well do you know our God? Are you willing to get to know him better? Amen. Amen. That's the good news. That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. God of all creation, we, uh, wow, I, <laughs> I love this Genesis. I love this whole book, but I especially love this first part. Where you, you show us both sides, a side that can create the, the stars in the sky and a side that blows the very breath of life into each of us, Lord. God, I would just ask that you, you help us to to get closer, to be willing to get on our knees, to open up and say, Lord, here I am, I need you. Whether that's the first time or the hundredth time, Lord, we ask that you would give us the strength and the courage. Lord, we thank you for the creation. Please help us to take care of it as you've called us to do. But most especially, Lord, we thank you for your son, Lord, your son our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Please help us to get to know him ever better every day. We pray these things, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church connecting people with Jesus in the light field.